to another episode of the Broker Bros Podcast, Season 2, Episode 13 to be exact, as I always am in the beginning here. I'm your host, Joe Adonolfi, and we have... Are we... Are we your co-host? Your host, your host now. Your host with me. Hey, you're, you're the host. You can call me whatever you want. No. <laughs> Just don't call me late for dinner, right? Just don't call me late for supper. <laughs> or late for freight, right? We'll, we'll tie in some freight there. Well, yeah, we got Mueller back on uh, second second time in a row. We missed last week. Um, just been kind of touch and go here with getting a lot of people back in the office and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to put out one a week. We might skip one week here or there just for uh, for emergency Don't cry issues. yourself to sleep. Exactly. I know. I know there is the millions and the millions of the Broker Bros podcast fans. <laughs> is, that, is that a WWF? Millions That's and millions. It's The Rock, That's right? The rock. Come on. Get it right. Millions and millions. And you might get sued. You said WWF. It's WWE. Oh, it is WWE okay. now. Yeah, the World Wildlife Foundation. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Big lawsuit. Took McMahon down. <laughs> Forced him. Twisted his arm. Change that name. I got to tell you what, man. I think one of these episodes might have to start it off with just like a nice crack of a beer. Oh, I, You ever I, listen to What the Truck? I have my monster right here. I yeah. should have waited to crack it. That's what they do on that uh, for Freight Waves. What the Truck, their, their podcast, oh. they're always cracking it, uh, like an IPA or something in the beginning. I know you're an IPA man. Responsible. We got to drink responsible, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is Freight, baby. You know, you can have a beer on lunch. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, but I think we got a pretty good show today. A little shorter, right? We're not going to get into you know a ton of market updates and this and that. I'll try we'll, to stay off the tangents. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. This, well, uh, me and you both. both. <laughs> yeah, me and you both. That's for sure. I know you got one you're itching to talk about. Oh, don't even. Been burning your chest a little bit. You were telling me earlier today. So let's get right into it. Uh, I think you got something to say about Bill Stadium, the new new developments, or what, what do you got going on? What are you thinking? Dude, it's, I just woke up and it was the first news I saw. And it's, as I said last podcast, it's just so frustrating because we thought this was over. And yeah. now I got to hear the first thing I saw today, I think it was the from the Pagula's PR or whatever, that the PSE, bu- PSE <laughs> that Buffalo needs to decide if they want to be in an NFL team because they got to fully fund this stadium. I like, saw that. I it's saw like- that. And I'm where, just, where have you been the last 50, 60 years? We've been in NFL City, <laughs> man. This ain't nothing new. I just, I, I, it just, it's so frustrating that that billionaire owners are relying on the public money, yeah, to build their stadium, and it's just. I hope that comes out as like a not direct source. You know, maybe I, I hope it's I hope you know, it's all conjecture and, and we know and we, you said wins. and as you said it's all smoke and mirrors and stuff but for right now I don't want to hear it yeah I don't I don't <laughs> want to hear it. I want to and I want to get pumped up for the Bills season here because we have a legit Super Bowl run I mean we if, we, we I. I think we have a legit shot at the Super Bowl, and it's like that little just black cloud hanging in the back of my head about okay, well, I might as well hop on this run now because they might be the Austin Bills in two years. Wow, or yeah. and I got that black cloud, and I got the Jack Eichel black cloud behind me as well. That's and another one, man. All I want to do is just get pumped up and watch the Bills play, and now I just got to think about is this going to be the last season they're here? You know, well, or well, they'll at least be here till twenty twenty three. I mean, but still, here's like, the thing, Eric. Take some positives, all right? The Bills won in walk off fashion. They and did one of the preseason. They did the the the, the Bills <laughs> backups. Solved. They the backups look great. They actually, did. I don't they, know if you watched a lot did. of it, but I watched the entire I, second half. I didn't get the first half too much, but 
I watched every play from wire to wire. I liked it, and man. I liked they, what I saw. They look good. I mean, Trubisky threw two passes. That one pass, though. Man. Whoo! He put it in a tight window there. Can't wait to see what he does this week. Really, yeah, revenge game. The revenge revenge game. game for Trubisky preseason. I, I hope Josh Allen doesn't play a snap this mm-hmm. preseason. And I think with the new deal, I think that they're holding them out. They and should. Especially... And, it, you know, especially with yesterday's practice yeah, where he started off with 15, 15, straight, 15. Yeah. 15 straight completions. I think only – I saw Sal tweet out, I think the ball hit the turf twice yeah. all day yeah. while he was a quarterback. It's all, all right, I don't need to see him. Yeah, I, I, don't, exactly. <laughs> I saw last year. Exactly. I don't need to see anything else. The only thing I'd argue is maybe, like, just to get one – he did say One he drive, wants to get hit. He said know, he wants to get hit. You but know, you know I can what? see that. But, hey, they didn't have preseason last year, and he was on fire. Right? Exactly. So. Exactly my point right there, where you don't you don't need to – I think the, the cost-benefit analysis of him playing, the, the risk versus reward, these games don't end up on the series. Yeah, they, no, don't, I, they don't I end agree. up at the end of the year. And I totally – but he can get hit the first drive of the series – yeah, there, the there, there's the your Steelers, hit. Yeah, you'll, you'll be back. Coming down, uh, you don't coming think that edge. that guy will be pumped up to play? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, no he'll be ready to play. Mind. There's no doubt. I don't know right? if you know Eric, but I'm personal friends with him. Okay, oh, I met him in Vegas. You, you are personal. <laughs> I, I <laughs> forgot. I think I still love that he gave your Miami fan the finger oh, on yeah, the way out. Yeah. That, that might be my favorite Josh Allen story. <laughs> the greatest part was he's like, "Wait, you're a Miami fan?" He's like, "Yeah," and Allen goes, "Why? Why?" I'm your daddy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a tough week, too, when you're playing your daddy. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, so we have a walk-off win for the Bills in preseason. And kind of to shift the focus away from the Bills, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the maybe the change of guard of the way media covers rookie quarterbacks. It might be because of Josh Allen, but – uh, we, I, feel I think like... they're all feeling a little snake bitten by you know everybody followed that you know confirmation bias narrative that Josh Allen sucks. Yeah, and now they all got pie in their face. Yeah, so now they're all like, well, everybody's great. Well, everybody's <laughs> great. This guy's gonna be great. He's gonna be Fields is gonna be great. Wilson's gonna be great. Lawrence is gonna be great. Yeah, and <laughs> I know, and I know, and we'll get into it. I know you like Fields, and I can see why you like Fields. But the, the just you turn on the TV, and it's like. Is he a future Hall of Famer? Like, that's the way I feel like it's going. Like, he had a wide-open touchdown pass in a preseason game yeah, and we, a couple runs. We need a, to, great we, runs. We need to temper our expectations. Yeah, like, that's all I'm as, saying, man. As we were saying at our fantasy draft on Monday night. Oh, yeah, my first auction fantasy draft <laughs> first, got me in there. The first auction fantasy draft. I think I had, like, seven players left. I had, like, ten bucks. I'm like, hey, <laughs> We made it work, though. We made it work. T.Y. Hilton for a buck. T.Y. Hilton for a buck. Let the boys go let the boys play huh but like okay so my why I liked Fields is I felt that he got a lot of unfair criticism coming out like people start attacking his leadership people start attacking that he's got a epilepsy problem or there's a degenerative or there's some there's some gene where he's he's prone to epilepsy all this stuff yeah I felt like I felt like they were throwing him under the bus, and it was just like, okay, this guy. I mean, all he did was win. I mean, he he lost to you know he lost his starting job to Jake Fromm, who's mm-hmm. now a Bill, by yep. the way. <laughs> yep, he is. Threw that beautiful pass. Threw to that Stevenson. beautiful pass to Stevenson in the fourth quarter to win. <laughs> uh, but like the guy was a winner his entire, and all he did, they won the national championship, right? Or no, they they knocked out um, Clemson in the first round of the playoff, right? 
I believe so. I don't know if it was, was last year. This is terrible. Am I? Uh, my memory. My it's, everything's going terrible, bad. and we're like but a half sports podcast. I just remember him going against Trevor Lawrence, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence is the number one, and you know you can't you know put too much stock in one game. And I'm like, this guy looks like he outperformed Trevor Lawrence to me in the, at least the college football game, yeah, the college I football could, could playoff. I've never been huge on the. I think Trevor Lawrence has the talent, and he definitely warranted a, a first round pick. But I've never been a big guy on like the oh my god the greatest things in sliced bread man. Right. You know, I, I, well, he was good. the next quarterback since Luck. Right. right? Yeah, that, yeah. Right. Yeah, he was yeah, the yeah, next yeah. best sure prospect. And you I don't know, know, time will tell. But time, just, time will I tell. I don't have the same feeling as I did about a lot. I'm not right? a big lover for Urban Meyer either. Like yeah. I, I think he gets adjustment. a little over height. I mean, he's a good coach. Trust me. Like I mean, he, he won. At Bowling Green, he won at Utah, he won at Florida, and now he he won at Ohio State. Like, he's won every player. When you make that jump, man, a lot of times you can get bit, right? Exactly. Being a coach as a college coach versus an NFL coach, I have always heard throughout, you know, just my time in football in my life, there's one big difference. You're no longer coaching young men. You're coaching grown men. Professional athletes. Professional you're t- grown coaching men. professionals. You can't. Then that's the problem that Nick Saban had. Yes. He's absolutely the, the well documented. The, the, right? the pure dictator mentality, which works in college. Yes. But once you get a professional athlete who's getting paid more money than you. Right. Exactly. It's like. It's a lot harder to get that guy to buy in. You have and to be very charismatic. You have to be a very. Um, you have to be a, a leader, right? You have to be a true leader. Buzzword. You got to create the right culture. There you there go. It the is. culture. And you our, just throw a blanket statement on anything. Culture. Our friends over at WGR, <laughs> the more I would love that. The culture term. <laughs> our local radio station here in Buffalo, they love that. Yeah, but I don't know. I think hold pump the brakes, right? That's my thing is like let's see these guys play in an actual NFL regular season game and let's see one season. And then season. we can make our adjustments. Right. Then we can make our decisions, but – Preseason defenses aren't. I mean, you know, this is cliche to say, but you know, they're not running. They're not game planning. They're not doing. No. It. They're running. You know, their basic defense. They're not making adjustments. They're not game planning to what teams do. So let now it is encouraging. Now let's say this: it is encouraging that these quarterbacks look good. You know, but let's pump the brakes because. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if they look terrible, we'd probably be saying, you know, Let's oh, this guy sucks. Right? But, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I'd so, say the first, what, year or two? Pump yeah. the brakes on that. you got to see how it develops. I mean, as we were talking before, like, when did we all really buy in on Josh Allen? Right, yeah. You know? before I'm, we got on. I yeah. mean, you know, like, how long did that take? It was – because people forget, Josh Allen got hurt for, what, four or five games his first year. Yep. I think he yep. only started or played ten. Yeah, against Houston, he, he got that elbow. Yep. That, that smacked. That, it was a good throw, too. It was his best throw of the game. Yeah. Then he gets hurt. 100%. But, like, even then, I, I didn't really buy into Josh until, like, the end of his first season in, like, like which I was like, okay, I'm, like, this guy's good. Like, you know, as we were saying, you know, enough boxes are being checked where, you know, he's making good decisions. They're moving the ball down the field. They're winning games. Yeah. Like, and I think that season we finished 6-10. and 10, and I'm pretty sure Josh had five out of the six wins. Yeah, yeah, he did. He definitely did, right? Because we went on that Derek Anderson, oh my Nathan God. Peterman, and yeah. then Barkley run. But like, I, I'm yeah, because Barkley won games. the Jet game. That was like, but that Derek Anderson uh, the Monday, Monday night game. Yeah, I was there. And I was, it was painful. I was twelve rows behind the Patriots bench, oh. screaming at Tom Brady the whole game. <laughs> oh, it was painful. God, that was that sucked. 
Lorenzo Alexander had a big game that day, yeah, I remember. He, he played yeah, he really did. well. That was the Popeye's Biscuit game for Benjamin, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's one, t- yep, yep. one biscuit away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think something cool or important to note, at least my opinion on, I'd say watch out in Jacksonville on the instant gratification, and I need to, you know, they're going to be great, right? It's Urban Meyer, it's Trevor Lawrence, all that. That might take two, three years. But I think 100%. it might work out, but it might take two, three years. It might take a little bit. It'd be an adjustment. And that's the thing, though. Is he going to get that time? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a pretty cutthroat league I in know. the NFL where if you don't get things turned around in two, two years, years. Two years. Yeah. If you don't see – if they don't see progress in two years, you're gone. Gone. Like, you No know. questions asked. And then you might get into the cycle, which what the Bills had during our playoff drought, where, you know, you're drafting for a certain mm-hmm. regime – the next year he's fired, so now you're you're drafting for regimes, and then you don't have the players that fit the you know what yeah. you're trying to run. Yeah, guy you comes know? in, he's like, these aren't the players I want. Yeah. It's like, I, oh well, I, let's start all over. I again. need small, versatile, or like I remember that was like the big thing with Mc, when McDermott got here about the D line. Right, you and know, we come we from were, Rex Ryan where it was big, mean, it ugly, was big, beat you up, big, mean, ugly guys, and now and it was like okay, we're gonna have you know Darius Hughes, Williams, and Williams. Uh, Mario Williams is the other one. They're just going to be on the field all the time. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, that was Rex. Right? And that was Rex. And, you know, it worked out. They got, like, 50 sacks, led the league in sacks and whatnot. And then McDermott comes in. And he's like, okay. I think the first thing they did, like, the first notable thing that they did, obviously, was, you know, trade away Sammy Watkins and trade away oh, yeah. um, uh, Darby. Darby, that's and right. Then, but, that. like, the big thing that they did during the year, they trade away Darius, who they just gave that, you know, $100 million contract two, three years ago. It's like, okay. We need I this is, he doesn't fit what I'm doing. Smart move too because where did he go? What to Jacksonville for two years was a backup and now he's not he's, in the NFL. I don't, I don't think. even think he's in the league anymore. Yeah, but he, he might be on Houston. I don't hey. know. He might be on a practice squad. Somewhere, hey, he cashed in though. That's he cashed in. Smart hey. man. You have two man, good, that draft two, three goal. years. Woo! We could have taken some. some yeah. We could have taken a T. Are we could have taken uh, Watt? We could have taken JJ taken Watt. That year. JJ Watt. <laughs> we could have taken a lot. Of, we could have taken. Was it no? I was gonna say AJ Green, but. No, uh, I don't think so. Was it? No, it was Julio. Uh, I think I it Julio, Julio and AJ. Uh, we could have taken Julio. 2011 class. I think we could have taken Julio yeah, because yeah. they traded up and took Cam Julio. Von Miller was right before him. Yep. And then it was Darius. Yep. Yep. And I and forget yep. at four or five kind of where that was. Where that well, Patrick line, Peterson went five. Peterson. Yeah, or that's it was right. four. Might have been four or five. I. Oh, I'm getting too old now. Yeah, our, our, our history books me. are, we need to look them up. I, I, I used to be able to <laughs> run, run, right? you know, run those out like crazy. Right. But, yeah, man, I think all in all, uh, let's just, you know, pump the brakes on everything. Let's get into the regular season. Let's enjoy it for what it is, right? Football's back. Should be, you know, stop analyzing everything right now. Let's just enjoy it, all right? Till we That's... get into maybe midseason, then we can start to say, all right, this guy's good. This guy's looking great. This guy's looking bad. Exactly. I don't remember a single report about Justin Herbert last year in the preseason. No. <laughs> and look Not what he did. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, I don't remember a report about, you know, Burrow in the preseason last no. year. I mean, this is all, you know, this is all hot air. Yeah. Right now, I, you know, it's the era of COVID you know, after too. I feel like it's so much heightened as far as like the media coverage and, and oh, 100%. We're talking about and we're talking about everything every day from multiple sources, multiple channels. It's like let's slow well, down, dude. How many different form? How many different ways can we find sports information? Oh yeah, I it's mean, oversaturated. You know, like it's crazy. it's hundred percent. Now That's all everybody's look, trying to, to do is books. just getting yeah, yeah. Listen to us. We'll, <laughs> we'll give you a little bit of everything. But, Speaking of a little bit of everything, we're going to get into a little freight. 
We're going to get into it. I like Freight. uh, Yeah, I like Freight too, man. So we're going to get into something that uh, is a hot button topic. That's that's a hot button phrase we use a lot. I feel like (laughs) I should just be called the hot button host. Eric Mueller, (laughs) the the hot seat. Eric Mueller's on the hot seat. Well, the hot seat today, Eric, we're going to talk about how to handle carrier disputes and carrier fines. Now, we're talking, right, obviously last episode was Dispatching 101. A lot of our episodes have been how do we avoid coming into a conflict with a carrier, right? right? But now I kind of want to go into, uh, and we do, on, uh, you know, once it's gotten past that point, point of no return, there is an issue, there is a dispute, there is, you know, two heads going at each other. Mm -hmm. How do we get in there and how do we kind of, right the ship, right? Come to an amicable solution for both carrier, you, the broker, and customer. Right. So, um, you know, I would say first, to kind of start it off, is should be always the top of your mind is I want to resolve this as quickly as possible. I want to resolve it as quickly as possible, and I don't want to get my customer involved unless I have to. Yes. That is, you know, there's – so one of the scenarios that we had is where, you know, so we – you know that say you got load picking up on Monday, it's delivering on Friday. You know it's got to deliver then. Gets to Friday, you know truck broke down, can't make delivery. Getting as much information. This is you know goes back to you know the booking and all and finding as much information about the carrier as possible. Getting the dispatch number, driver number, driver truck number, driver trailer number. You know ask you know trying to see if they do macro point or stuff like that yeah. as well. Because what you don't want to do is if the carrier picks up your freight and it needs to be delivered, you don't want to put an ultimatum out. You know, they have our freight. So all that driver has to do is park the truck and say, okay, I'm not moving until I get paid. It's very important. And I feel like, you know, I, even when I was a broker, it was like, well, how, how could they do that? How could, well, it's not right, but they, yeah. they will do that. They right? will do It'll that. It'll happen. Especially if you're, so you don't want to make any idle threats while the freight is on a carrier's truck. So you're saying wait till it delivers to try and wait till it delivers, but <laughs> it all goes down and you know, and this goes down to the booking part. Cause when, okay, who's the driver on this? I need to call him and find out where the truck is right now. And if I put in the driver information at the time of booking and it says that the driver's name is Edward truck number two phone number, you know, zero, 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 blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. you know, and then you I'm like, that. hey, yeah, I have that in the load itself to begin with. So I know that this is the driver that's picking up my freight. So then when you go and say, okay, hey, man, I, I need to call your driver. I need to give my customer an exact location of where the freight is. And if the guy gives you a different number, the phone, it's like, well, okay, that's a red flag. And now you don't really want to bring that up. You can, you know, you can ask it, but you don't want to get into a yelling match right then and there. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, hold on here, man. At the time of booking, you told me that the driver's name was Edward. Now you're telling me it's Steve. You only have two trucks under your authority or one truck under your authority. How is this possible? You know, I'm just trying to find out because I need to get this information to my customer so we can get you offloaded when you, when you do make delivery because right now it's a missed appointment. So mm-hmm. I need to get this rescheduled. You, know, you you don't want to make idle threats and say you're not getting paid now. Yeah. You know, or say say we find out that the carrier using illegal substitution of services. You don't want to let them know that until the freight's off the truck, because you know it, the minute that you start saying, okay, you're not getting paid for this load because I know you gave it to carrier X Y Z. 
what is that broker going to do? Or Because that's the guy that you booked the load with. So he's their prime – he's your prime point of contact and that other carrier that he rebrokered it to his prime point of contact. So you know what he's going to do? Somebody calls me and says, I'm not getting paid for a load. I'm calling – and if I'm running a scam, I'm calling the guy and say, hey, park your truck. We're not – don't deliver that load. I'm not going to do that until you're, you're off – or uh, don't deliver your truck because – yeah. yeah, we're not going to get paid on this shipment now. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a, a staring match of who's going to blink first. Yeah. You know, and I think really important on on kind of getting into that is when you do have a dispute, right, you know that it's it's either, you know, going to be hours late or, you know, you can't find the truck or, you know, things aren't matching up as much as you want to. Get lay into them, it's only going to hurt. Lay into them. That is only, 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 every single time. It's every gonna, single time, it's only going to hurt. It's going to take your leverage. First of all, it's not, you're not going to be Mr. thought nice of, guy. you're not going to be thought of as a professional. You know, we're, you know, this is a, you know, a high stress industry and, you know, it's very time sensitive and sometimes loads got to be delivered and there's a lot of special qualifications for certain loads. But we're in a, we're working in a professional, you know, we're all professionals here. So we got to treat each other as professionals. And the, the minute that you lose your cool, you give the carrier the upper hand. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's the satisfaction. On the other end, those guys are happy to hear you scream and yell. Oh, yeah. They get a kick out oh, of it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's easier right to – Because they're like, ah, I got them. Yep. You know, I mean, I you know, how many times – I love chirping guys on the ice. And when, you know, he starts when – I, when I know I flipped that trigger and, and I got him pissed off, I won. Yeah, I won. Exactly. I, I, you know, and I look at it the same way in freight. Like if you're getting, if you're, if you're a scammer, and you get some broker calling and yelling at you and screaming, it's like, all I'm gonna, all he's gonna do is just scream and yell, and I'm just gonna laugh, and I'll deliver the freight when I want to. Yeah. Because odds are, you know, it's not gonna come off until that guy directs his <clears throat> carrier or whoever, whoever the dispatcher is, till he says deliver it. Here, here's always what I, how I've thought of it is once I know that something's going on, I am going to work my tail off, or if I have somebody underneath me as an operations person, I'm going to have them or me put on my investigator hat in the background. Right? And I am going to investigate the shit out of this. Excuse my, my a, French there. But I'm going to investigate, and I'm going to make sure that I have all my P's and Q's in a row as far as what's really going on here. But 100%. as far as me front-facing to that carrier... Right. I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy, baby. Hey, I'm going man. to play it cool. Hey, oh, man. You I broke just down get, again. Yeah, all right. Okay, I understand. Well, okay, what I need to know, man, is when the truck's going to be ready again. Get that freight there. And then document the whole thing. Putting notes in the system. Okay, truck broke down here in uh, Kinloch, Missouri. Um, driver says that the you know uh, tow truck's coming to pick it up. He's going to take it there by two. If I have that conversation with the dispatcher, I'm documenting that look. Yeah, because it's all timestamped. Because it's all timestamped. And then if I call him back the next day, hey, man, just checking in. I know you broke down in Carthage, Missouri. And if you have that information, you're going to toss it right back at him. And then you can decipher if it's a congruent story. You'll tell right away, right? You'll get up. Yes. Uh, let me check on that boss. Let or something check. like that. It's like, okay, it, it, now our red like, flags are up. Exactly. It's like, hold on. You told me that it was here in Kinloch. You told me that it was at Dave's truck repair shop. Yep. What? Okay. Well, and then also asking what what broke down? What the blown turbo? The pop a tire? Like what what happened? Yeah. Talk. And then right? get as much information. So then when you call next, hey man, did you get that turbo fixed yet? And then. You can ask them, and then right off the bat, they'll be either get super defensive or 
why you call me, you know, this type of thing. But you've got to be Mr. Nice Guy on the line. Yep. As, as much as it pains and as much as it it might really hurt because you know you caught him re- – say you caught the carrier red-handed. He told you it's going here. The other carrier actually called you and said, hey, man, I got your freight. You don't let that guy know until the freight is off the truck because yep. if the freight's on the truck, the carrier holds all the water. Yep. He holds all the leverage. Yep. And there's really nothing you can do outside of getting the freight off the truck as soon as possible. Yeah, and you have to work for your customer on that, right? Exactly. And if you're getting to the point where it's going to be, you know, multiple days, obviously not multiple, but a day late, right? Or even we're going to miss appointment or you suspect that it might be double brokered or stuff like that. That's when I think, and I don't know if you disagree, but that's when I think that's when it's, all right, it's time to get the customer involved because we may have a serious issue here. Yeah. Little it, issues where it's a breakdown and it's an hour and a half and we're just going to be a little late. We can just tell the customer, hey, we're going to be a little late, a little breakdown after the fact. 100%. You know, okay, we're going to be okay. So that's kind of what you don't want to get into is when, you know, you're taking the carrier's word at 100 percent face value, you know, and you want to. But say that he tells you it broke down and then you call him the next day and okay I'll be fixed up tomorrow. And then you call him the next day and then your customer is saying, when's this delivery? Oh, well, the carrier's broke down. He'll be there tomorrow. And then the next day comes and then you email the carrier. Oh, we're still broken down. We're not fixed yet. Like emailing your customer every day saying, oh, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. After, like, the first two, you might want to be like, hey, we need to find out where the freight is. I cannot accept what the carrier is telling me. Yeah, right. And Put be the onus fully on the carrier. Up, fully, be fully up front with them. Yep. Um, that, that, will, that will save you in the long run because nothing's worse than going to your customer every day saying, um, yeah, it, 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 he's going to get there at 2. And then you get an email from the customer at 2 o'clock. Hey, your guy isn't here. Yeah. Oh, he's going to yeah. get there at 4. You get an email from your customer at 4. Hey, he's not here yet. Because then you look like how the carrier looks to you. You look like that to the customer. Exactly. Right? And that's what you want to avoid. And now sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it's unavoidable. Sure. You know, sometimes. But that's when you get the customer involved. That's when you get front. the customer involved and say, hey, this is what the carrier is telling me. I'm not lying to you. You know, I'm just relaying the information from my carrier to you. Yep. And if he keeps saying this, then I, you know, I'm going to take a look into this. I'm going to get the insurance company involved. I'm going to get the factoring company involved for this carrier. And we're going to get this straightened out to find out where the freight is. Yeah. And that's why I think it's very important. We always talk about when you're customer facing is to, you know, have conversations that aren't always necessarily revolved around get a truck point A to point B for me, right? Have conversations. Let them know how this industry works, right? right? Because you have some customers that think, you know, I'm a very, you know, we are a professional industry, freight brokering, yes, yes. But we know that it can get unprofessional, right? 100%. It can get unprofessional a lot, right? So you have certain customers, like in manufacturing or stuff like that, that are very matter-of-fact, very professional, and they're it, like, how could this happen? And it's, it's like, because this is the freight industry, man, and you have to educate. Exactly. And set expectations. And as long as you explain what happened, I mean, we're all professionals here. We're doing what we need to do. Um, as long as you explain what happened, the customer should, you know, under, he should be understanding. Like, hey, we're brokers. Like, it's not like we're the ones, you know, that have owned the truck. Yeah. It's not. I don't own this truck. I'm leasing this driver to pick up my freight. You know, I'm. He's under a lease agreement. Well, not a lease agreement, but he's under contract with us to pick this up for this rate confirmation that we have in place. Yep. You know, he's a th- he's a, he's an independent party himself. Yep. So you have to keep that in mind, and and you want to, and that's the whole thing. You know, you you got to explain to the customers what happened because, as you said, a lot of them aren't privy to the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of manufacturers stuff. You know, they have their schedules. Like, okay, we need to get 
X amount of product out by here so then it can get to this warehouse or can get to the next stage of the product line or however that works. And they expect it to be by the book. And once something goes wrong, it's like, well, I did my job. How do they not do their job? You yeah. know? And, and, and that's a tough conversation to have. And that's where, you know, that's why we have agents. That's yeah. why you have yeah. your customers. That's why you have your relationships. You guys are an asset for us. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I was dealing with one today with, you know, setting expectations. It's not full truckload. It's LTL, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and an agent who's kind of just struggling to understand, like convey to her customer what is really going on here in the LTL realm? Because we know right now in the LTL world, it is garbage, right? You could say three-day service. Your stuff might not show up till the eighth day, for right? It might be eight days, right? <laughs> Even if you pay for guaranteed service, it ain't going to happen, right? So I'm telling her, and that's kind of what you need to convey to customers. This is the market right now. This is what this is what you hire me to do. This is what you pay me to do. Keep a pulse on what's going on here. This is what's going on. I don't dictate what goes on here. I just know how to work within it, right? Mm-hmm. But this is what is going on. Right? So if you can do that successfully, that's a successful broker to me. Is you can convey your everyday operations your, your to your expertise. Customer. Yeah, your it, expertise. It's your expertise. The reason why the customers chosen to work chose to work with you is because of what you offer to the table, yep. what LDI offers to the table, what tools we have in place, and we have enough tools where we can gauge the market and have enough of an explanation. And, and this is why. The market is the way it is right now. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you straight up. And as long as you're straight up with the customer, yeah, th- I guarantee it. They'd rather hear that from you, or they might hear, you know, the answer that they want. But then that other broker or whoever that is is gonna be stuck with the problem, yeah, right? You exactly. know, uh, yeah. And, it's all about making them understand it, man, and how this world works. Yeah. And, and it really is. It truly is. Any customer that I've had that understands, you know, when eventually if you're brokering i don't care if you've been doing it for 10 years and you haven't had one fraud or one you know double broker or anything like that one i'd say you're a unicorn two it's going to happen probably <laughs> on year 11 it's right? gonna happen it's going to happen it, so to convey that to a customer is important I it's think. unavoidable you set you, you set up the expectations so that way it's not like a what it's like a, oh you did tell me that this could happen well let's how are we going to resolve it how are yes. you going to resolve it and then that's when you're like Beautiful. That's what I wanted. All right. This are the steps that I'm going to take with the carrier to ensure that this freight gets delivered right. I know we have an issue. We'll worry about that. You can scream at me. At, what does what Mike Canister say all the time? You can scream at me up and down all you want after the fact, but let's get this freight delivered. Right. Yep. Let's figure it out. It's a great, it's a great little, I like and then, that little. You know, and I'd say to a kind of the end and, and wrap up here on a, on a carrier um, dispute, if you really can't get anywhere with the carrier, and you're gonna about to scream and blow your lid. Get your corporate team involved, or get if you're a W two broker, get your manager involved, right? Because then that that gets it kind of going a little more. That gets it escalated. You know, a lot of the times the carrier, if you're really struggling with a carrier, sometimes they just gotta hear it from a different voice. Yeah, and maybe that carrier has loads outstanding right. with other agents that now a corporate team can say, well, you know, hey, we have other payments out to you. You know, kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's leverage here. You know, hey, like, yeah, get our freight delivered, man. I I have three thousand dollars in loads that I'm sending out on friday here to you if this load isn't delivered or if i don't get an update here by wednesday i'm yeah. holding why that would payment. i why would i keep that you know why would i keep that with you you screwed me over exactly, right? exactly. so it's important to know how to leverage you know what you have going as far as your corporate team your manager your operations team and all that as well 100 percent um last thing i kind of want to touch on and, and i feel like we've touched on this you know here and there enough within our episodes to really spend a ton of time on it but 
talking about fines, right? So um, when we're looking to go into fines, it's very important to obviously, before the fact, make sure that every single fine you think you could incur from a customer, we're, we're throwing in the Raycon. Because if you go for it after the fact, unless it's something like exorbitant, like, you know, care was two days late. It's like, right. okay, obviously there's going to be money taken off, right? And then you, you kind of have that conversation. And make sure, so say after you get the fines in place and the carrier agrees to it, you guys type up a release letter together, you get the carrier to sign it, and you sign it yeah. as well. It says, hey, th- yes, we agreed to 2000 on this rate from here to here, but we deducted the carrier $300 or we deducted this for substandard service. You type that up, you send it to them, you get the carrier to sign it and send it back. Now that it's concrete, it's an agreement between you and the carrier, now they can't come back after us. Yep. Like Say six, say you have a, co- a phone conversation with that guy, same scenario where you agree on 2000 and then there's a $300 deduction. Six months later, I don't remember a conversation that I had with a carrier six months ago. I mean, you know, there's few right, and far right. between, but like... All the carrier has to say is, I never agreed to that. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you don't have it in it's writing and you don't have writing. the typed up nope. thing, if you don't have it typed up and agreed upon, the carrier can come back come back after LDI. Oh, all day. And they can go to collection and say, I was short paid on this load. I need $300 bond, more. bond, go all the way up the top. Exactly. TIA says, hey, we're, produce the rate con where it says or produce some kind of document where they agreed in writing to this fine. And it's like, well, they didn't. And it's they like, didn't. well, okay, yeah. got to pay them. Well, Sorry. now we got to pay them, yeah. And, and then, it's like it blows a lot of brokers' minds, but it's like that. Happens. It happens. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just what it is. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. You always. What's big fat liar? Always get it in writing. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. It's a great what, movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's a great shout out. I like that little shout out at the end here. Well, man, I think that uh, we've encompassed a lot of uh, good tips. A lot of good. Trades, a lot of good yeah, I like to, ideas. I like to get my knowledge out there. Yeah. I don't have too much. It can but, only help know. people, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't heard of you. Maybe somebody will call in and say, you guys screwed me. Your advice, your advice is terrible. <laughs> your advice is terrible. Like hey, if, if it does, call me. So right? then I can then I can, me. We'll get you on the I show. I can get we'll it corrected. It. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, both of our experience combined has, has done us well. So, um, But, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you coming back on again. We're gonna, hot, we're hot button regular. topic host. Yeah, exactly. I like that. It's always the hot seat when Eric's on. The hot host. The hot host. <laughs> it's up for interpretation, buddy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Beauty's but, in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. Well, that, uh, that'll do it, and that'll conclude episode 13 for season two. Look out for season three coming up coming up maybe soon we might we might do a little break and, and get into season three pretty soon maybe that'll be uh bill season you know when the nfl season hits hey, season three baby as long as i get the hot button call I'm oh fine. you will you will <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you on every every monday we'll, we'll start recording on mondays to get immediate reaction from mueller or i might just call you after the game yeah, and see but what do you think mueller well we're definitely going to talk about the canisius joe's football game coming oh, up oh yeah you know hey yeah. I, We'll get into it when we get into it, man. But, yeah, right now, Canisius is, is up big on, on Joe's. I get it. I get it. But all I say is my time there, we did all right, okay? Yeah, you beat me. Yeah. But that's for another episode. Thank you for tuning in to, to this episode here. And as we always say to end the podcast here, go Bills. Go Bills. Bills.